Georgia with a massive 41-0 win over Tennessee in Knoxville. Dean Luggy and Fletcher Page, the roundtable, now not just on Dog Post, but on iTunes as well. Fletcher, reaction to uh, that, that bloodletting? Well, maybe if for the people that want to hear you talk about the game, you could take it first because I, I had a unique experience for the game because I was watching it while I was in a wedding. Um, and I was in a wedding in, back in Georgia. Um, so there were a lot of Bulldog fans, but there was also a little table of Orange, Tennessee fans. So I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But if you want to crack into uh, some of the aspects of the game first, I'm sure people that are Georgia fans would rather hear you talk about the game than, than hear me talk about a wedding. Although I think what I have to say will probably be more interesting. Well, probably. I mean, look, it was just a beating. And, uh, you know, Georgia's just a lot better than Tennessee, and they're probably a lot better than everybody in the SEC except Alabama and maybe Auburn. Yeah. Uh, we'll, and we'll see what happens with Auburn here in the coming weeks. I mean, um, you know, the, the big thing, though, really, before we get to your, you know, wedding, fall wedding discussion is um, Georgia's today, Kirby said, hey, you know, he didn't put it this way, but I will. We don't know who the starting quarterback is. It's going to be determined during practice. Um, Jake Fromm is probably coming off his worst game, Fletcher. And, um, you know, they're opening up the practice where not that long ago, um, Eason was essentially clearly the number one quarterback. Do you, where do you see this uh, kind of shuffling out over time? Well, you know, I really, I don't really know. Uh, obviously, I, I, I mean, obviously, they're not just going with the hot hand. I guess is that, that I, I, which I think is smart. I mean, you can't just, you know, you can't just say because this person is just because the team is winning. That means that the you know the quarterback who isn't is in essentially last place in production in the conference is safe in his position. He's played well enough to me to you know have a competition during the season. He's not played well enough to lock it down and and not look at the kid who looks like he's got phenomenal potential. Um, so that's what they're, that seems like that's what they're doing. Um, what do you take of it? Yeah, I, don't, I mean you got how many turnovers did Georgia's defense? Um... Force. I mean, obviously they gave up no points. Uh, just a total dominating performance by the defense, and I think clearly if you hire if you hire the guy that's running Nick Saban's defense at Alabama, uh, I think you certainly anticipate a defense to be able to sort of control games or show up in big moments or when you whenever you have games against a rival like Tennessee, which is a rival by the way. Um, mm. So for the defense to be doing what it's doing, it's just year two, and I I. I you know, I think obviously this defense is loaded. It's got so many just, you know, disruptive playmaking players on it like Roquan and all those guys, but it also seems to me like it's got a lot of depth. So it's uh, it's one of those things. I guess when you beat Tennessee by 41, uh, shut them out in Knoxville, I guess you start, and I guess so. you've always been this way about quarterbacks or about the team where you're not so much as concerned about games against Missouri now. You're thinking about what it's going to take to beat Auburn, what it's going to take to beat Florida, what it's going to take to beat Alabama. So I, would, I guess that's why uh, you're, uh, maybe there's so much focus on this quarterback thing. It's a, it's not annoying to me that we're talking about that after such a great game for Georgia and such a big win and, and such a dominating defensive performance. But I, I guess maybe that's where if you're thinking that Georgia's going to compete for the East, 
now you're saying, all right, maybe Georgia's going to compete for the national title, the SEC. So I would assume maybe that's fueling some of this quarterback thing because I, I understand. I look at the stats. I see Jake Fromm did not have a good game. I see that Georgia's not passing the ball very often in any game uh, when Jake Fromm's in there. So um, my brain tells me that obviously that, that could be a, an issue if Georgia's trailing against a team like Auburn or Alabama down the road. So I guess that's what's fueling a lot of this. Yeah, it's, it's, well, fueling it's a lot of what? Fueling a lot of what? Well, it just seems like it, it, it's interesting that, you know, this Georgia season, um, you're talking about wins at Notre Dame, wins at Tennessee. Um, you're thinking about how good this defense is playing. And it just um, – I know that there are people talking about Roquan Smith, but at every message board um, that I've gone to, it just seems like no people just can't stop talking about Jake Fromm and Jacob Eason. And um, I don't know. I'm not trying to say that's good or bad. I, 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 it's kind of weird for me, I guess is what I'm saying. I can't really – I don't know what I think about it because it's just sort of – it's dominating. And it's just not something that you would think would be dominating the discussion at this point in the season. Uh, but that's where, that's where it's at. Okay. 12, 20, 55, 36, 28, 17, 40. 33, 31, 31, 19, 27-21. You got a guess there as to what I just read off? Um, nope. It's points uh, scored by somebody. Those are passing attempts by game passing last season attempts. for Jacob Eason. Uh, thus far for Fromm, uh, I want to make certain that I <laughs> – of course it's going to be difficult now. Georgia's um, – uh, George's website has become a little more complicated for me to use uh, for whatever reason. Uh, in, in five games, uh, Jacob Fromm has, uh, Jake Fromm, excuse me, has um, attempted uh, about 16 a game. So I know in the Notre Dame game, I think that's the only time that he had uh, more than, it's, it's just George's site, man. We got we got so, We got plenty of money over there, but Sometimes simpler, sometimes simpler is better, you know. I mean, like, just sometimes it's okay to just like not have sixteen thousand things pop up. But um, like, I can't get oh, Claude, 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 Claude. Dysfunction. It's it's annoying. I just want the basic statistics. This is why I keep things with me after games, is so I can look at a, uh, so that I can look at a sheet of paper and not have to have 14,000 things pop up. You know, from the one time had 29 passes against Notre Dame, and I think he did enough to win that game, you know. But since then, other than that, he's had 15 or fewer passes at passing attempts the entire time, to which everyone says, oh, well, he doesn't have to do it. You know, they're not wanting him. They're not, they don't need him to do it. I well, think the correct that, way to say that is hasn't had to do it. Hasn't had to do it. Well, he had to do it against Notre Dame, and I think he has to be given credit for – the one long throw for sure. It was, it was around 50% in that game. Um, and what is, had the what one... is his completion percentage for the season? <laughs> well, I wish I could easily tell you oh, that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's at six, a little bit under 60%, 59.5. So fit that is 60%. Um, well, I mean, it's quite incredible um, you know, for a freshman to be able to, like I said, go into these environments. And I understand that, that there's sort of a – it seems like nowadays, if you talk about anything like the politics or 
just whatever it is. Like it's yeah. it's almost like you just have to. You can't say something bad about Jacob Eason and it not sound good for Jake Fromm, and kind of vice versa, or any which way you're sort of dissecting. It just feels like people are kind of on sides. I think it's um, you know, I think Jacob Eason has has a tremendous arm and is a great talent, and I ne- I don't necessarily know how good of a player he is because. His offensive line was not very good last year, and the team was in a first year of a of a of a change. And now, you know, I, I feel like this team was was gonna was gonna be good this year either way. And Jake Fromm, though, has done an exceptional job of going on the road in tough environments as a first year player, and, and done a great job too. So, uh, it's just interesting to me just how kind of polarizing it, it it can become. And maybe that's just how the internet is anyway. I'm just sort of basing that off of your message board. Which well, is a can't. good, healthy place. You have a good, healthy no, place. No, I think it is. Yeah, no, I agree. Dogpostdawgpost.com. You can't go on percentages. Do you know what Bryce Ramsey's percentage completion was in 2015? It was pretty good. 60%. Do you know what Grayson Lambert's was? 63. That's that's not how you judge quarterbacks. That's one judge, but not the entire thing. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think ultimately, though, is – a lot of people will just say that Buck Blue is the best quarterback in Georgia history, you know, because he was the most successful. Okay, or you know, a lot of people take that angle, you know. And I think that's that's a very good, that's well well done right there. That's that's a good way to put it. You can't, I mean, you know, I mean, and 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 I think I think this is coming down to there's there's two things with the Fromm thing, which is that number one. Everybody, there's three things. Number one, everybody was promised that Jacob Easton was going to walk on water last year, and when he didn't, they got angry about it. Um, number two, the there's this notion that you don't, you know, take out the quote unquote hot quarterback. Well, all due respect to Fromm, he ain't hot right now. He he just had a, a not great performance against Tennessee. It wasn't good. And then number three, just because you won with Fromm doesn't mean you wouldn't have won with Eason. I cannot think of, with the exception of the first play of the Mississippi State game, I cannot think of one play where the, season, the a game changed because of Fromm. And does Fromm get credit for throwing that pass, or was that a good play call? I would say it's a good play call. Now what's going to happen is we are, what are we, six, what, ten minutes into this thing? Now what's going to happen is people will say, you just hate Jake Fromm, which, of course, is somewhat like <clears> – <throat> Uh, an easy way to diagnose someone with being completely insane. Just because you state something that's either a fact or your opinion doesn't mean you have an agenda. It doesn't mean that you are against that person. It just means you're calling it like you see it. And for yeah, Jake yeah. Fromm, <clears throat> go ahead. You got something to say? Well, no, that's why I said that earlier about sort of maybe you sh- the better that you get, the more that you win and stay undefeated and the, and the better you look. I guess the bigger the objective becomes or the expectations get raised. So I, I think while, you know, sometimes the Monday after a football, a big football weekend, you'd like to be talking about four or five turnovers for us and a shutout in Neyland. Um, no, or, 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 or Nick Chubb's unbelievable. I mean, it wasn't even that much, but Nick Chubb's impressive performance at the one place that had to be like a nightmare for him, you know, but, yeah. and yet, I mean, and we choose what we're going to talk about. Well, I know, but that's why I'm wondering why we choose this. And it's just become a thing where you're like, okay, uh, that was awesome. Can Georgia beat Alabama with that kind of passing attack down the road? Oh, no, they cannot. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody can beat Alabama ever again. 
but obviously somebody eventually will, and I do think it's going to have to take a dynamic passing attack to help you out and do that. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, the, the, we can get into the national narrative if you'd like to of of, uh, of everybody, but you know, programs don't you don't just win thirty games in a row. I mean, the days of USC, there, I don't even think they did it. Uh, I mean, of course, they, they didn't win three straight championships in one of those years. They had a loss in there. So nobody's winning 30 games in a row, um, no matter who you are. <clears throat> the best way to avoid that is being extremely productive on the offensive side of the ball as well as being dominant on the defensive side of the ball. Easier said than done. Everybody doesn't have that. I mean, if you look at the top two teams in the country right now, Clemson and Alabama, you know, Clemson's offense has struggled at times. Uh, their defense has not. Uh, Alabama, you know, I don't know what you say, but they have not. I think they've only had one undefeated season under Nick Saban. So inevitably, they will lose. Uh, it seems like to me. So this notion that they can't lose is a little insane. It's also, but with that said, you know, if you look at Georgia's schedule, I don't see a lot of losses. But you do know that you've got a challenging schedule, and at some point, you're going to need flexibility on the offensive side of the ball. You, you, right, you balance, see, yes. Well, balance they've had exactly once, which was their best game of the season, arguably, which is the Mississippi State game. They had, they had as much balance as you could possibly get. I don't see them getting challenged by Vanderbilt. I think that it could go into the third quarter where there's some doubt as to who wins the game. They will destroy Missouri. But against the Gators, like at Auburn, at Tech, don't look now. Right. You know, you're going to need to score. And they, they haven't had problems scoring. They've just had a problem. The only issue with this team has been a few games in the passing game. It's just not been ideal. Why is that? Well, you lost your starter. You replaced him with a true freshman who's played pretty well, but he's not played so well that you, you couldn't pull him out of there. So that's what they're thinking about doing. And honestly, at this point, to me, Fromm, has, Fromm deserves the ability to get into a competition with Eason. Eason shouldn't just walk back into the starting lineup. Um, but he shouldn't be prevented from having the ability to start either. Fromm hasn't been that good. So, you know, in a lot of ways, they're in a very good position here, Fletcher. Well, but, you know, you just got to get past this one thing. Well, you know, obviously in my lifetime covering Georgia, I, I made I have I can think I made an error thinking that Bryce Ramsey would be the starter. There that's a long conversation for the my reasoning for why I thought Bryce would be the starter in the summer cuz that that involved a lot of carryover from the Mike Bobo era. I didn't realize how bad Schottenheimer would be and um in terms of and that was before Jacob Park had left and we understood why he left. Um, that's before they offered Bailey Hockman over Jake, Jake Fromm. So a lot of things I got that wrong, but there, that's, a, we should have a podcast about that. Um, but I think what I, what I'm, the reason why I say all that is that the team is looking at Kirby and this coaching staff all the time. It's going to be a competition in practice because it has to be, you can't, uh, whoever is the better quarterback, whoever gives Georgia the best chance to win, will it won't just be because of a, a hot hand or a, somebody's you know been poised in some moments or whatever. Monday through Thursday, it will be obvious who should be the quarterback, and the co the coaching staff can't just say, "Well, this kid's from Middle Georgia, 
he's going to be the starter because he's got Moxie. It's going to be it's going to be it's going to be obvious, and the rest of the team will will notice that as well, and that will be the what will make the decision. So it's not. There's, I don't think it. Whatever happens, happens. There's no reason to sort of think there's some sort of weird. There'll be some outside factors or weird motivate whatever it is it'll it'll be figured out monday through thursday and it'll be obvious i think yeah we, we can have a podcast some other time about the, the debacle that was a 2015 quarterback decision making and, and etc um that that's not what this is um back then none of it made sense what they said they were going to do they didn't do it i mean that happened multiple times and uh, that was just stupid. That, that's on those coaches. They got fired. That's what should have happened. But in this case, you know, you've got two guys who I do think legitimately have earned the right to play. Uh, I don't know that they both necessarily earned the right to start, but they both have earned the right to fight out for the starting position right, right. About, about halfway through the season. My guess it's going to be tough for Easton. If this is about, if this is about during practice, it's going to be tough for for Fromm to beat Eason out. Uh, he had, uh, you know, quite a bit of time to be able to do that uh, in the spring. We were told that it was an open competition, and then we were told before the sp- summer that Eason was the guy by Kirby. Um, has has Jacob has Jake Fromm played so well, and has he developed so much in the five weeks since uh, Eason went out? that he is going to be a better player? Probably not. Um, and I think people just got to kind of, yeah, it's, a lot of this is a Georgia bias, I think. I don't, I don't know what the ESPN guys, like I would be curious to see why they continue to say that, Jacob East, uh, that Jake Fromm plays well or played well after the Tennessee game because he, he, he didn't play well. I mean, like, if that is playing well, then you're doing what you're do, you're doing a disservice to when he actually does play well, which was against State. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's it's not. I mean, it's not. You just have to live in reality. A lot of people. One one analogy here for me was, a lot of people loved J.J. Frazier. Like they loved his. What what did he have? Moxie. He had play. He had playmaking ability to be sure. And for the record, Fromm made plays with his feet this past week. I mean, he that that was yeah, great. Yeah, totally, that was it, very good quarterback football playing, etc. Well, JJ I'm sorry. JJ Frazier. Everybody loved JJ Frazier because he was smaller. He wasn't the big guy. You got a got a pattern here yet? He was the guy who was the underdog, if you will, he's and from, yet he he's from could do Georgia. He, he could do some amazing things. But at the end of the day, when you needed him to step up and make a defensive play, he wasn't so good at that. Uh, he would be reckless with the ball at times. But he did overachieve for what he was. And a lot of people are saying, I think, they're saying, well, look at this kid. He works hard, which assumes that Jake, which is sort of a roundabout way of saying we don't like Jacob Easton because we've heard he parties. Uh, he's got Moxie, which is a way of ignoring what Eason did in 2016 with those comeback, come from behind wins. Um, it's 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 just I think it's just a Georgia bias. Jake Fromm has been the starter. He's won two conference games. If he continues to be the starter, he'll get all the credit in the world 
for being the guy. If he doesn't continue to be the starter, he still gets credit. If they win the conference or the division, the ring that he wears is because he did things. It's not taking away from him. I'm getting annoyed with that. It's, 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 again, it's ridiculous that you can't criticize these quote unquote, you know, these kids, these guys are kids, but they're playing in front of millions of fans every single week on TV and hundreds of thousands each, well, hundreds, dozens of thousands in stadiums. If you didn't want to get the criticism, this is not towards from, this is towards these other people. They got to understand these kids are in these situations because they chose to. They could be playing minor league baseball. They could be playing at Coker or Young Harris. No, they're at Georgia. And with Georgia and all the glory goes some of the pain. Some of the pain is pointing out when you don't play well. It's okay. Jake Fromm's going to be fine. He, his feelings aren't hurt. He's going to be fine. He's going to be productive in the future. He's just not super-duper productive at Tennessee. It happens. I think that's well said. I mean, obviously – uh, JJ Frazier, that that that's the kind of that's like the. Would you rather have a six foot two cornerback or or Tim Jennings? Well, you know before before you saw the way Tim Jennings' career played out, you would have taken the six two guy, I guess. But Jake Fromm was a five star quarterback previously committed to Alabama, so totally. it, it's hard. He, for, he's not a scrub. <laughs> I was gonna say it's hard for me to get into this this underdog up against the world mentality. The guy's just a, he's a really talented but inexperienced guy and he's happens to be leading or playing the most prominent position in sports and maybe the world in terms of scrutiny outside of politics maybe um quarterback is what it is and but he happens to be leading um one of the best teams in the country right now so he's gonna like you said he's gonna have to take the good and the bad and and I'm not talking about him I'm talking about all these the, the, the folks who are so supportive of him I think that's great I just think that if and when Easton becomes the guy again, you need to cheer for him too. I mean, I, I mean, at no point here. Uh, yeah, but it's past that because listen, man, you know, people can act like they're. I know. It, it, you know, in your heart, like you feel it. They say if if Easton throws an incomplete pass that's too high or too hard or out of bounds, everybody's going to be saying. Everybody on that Fromm train is going to be feeling that. They're going to be. It's going to make them happy a little bit, and that, that's what. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Here's what I'm getting mm-hmm. at: is now like it's almost to the point where you can't quite enjoy the wins because you're thinking about the future wins, or maybe you can't even enjoy a completion or a touchdown because it came from the guy that's not exactly your favorite quarterback. And people can say that they're cheering for both and they just want to win. But uh, and some people are probably like that. But I think there's a lot of people that they might not admit this, but they would they would rather see their guy be the quarterback and maybe not necessarily know if they're going to win than know they're going to win and it might be the other guy. You know what you feel. You know there's a feeling where you you're kind of happy. You know, like <laughs> after like I remember um, like one of these feelings is terrible. Uh, after I graduated high school, uh, my basketball team was decent. The next like two or three years, they were really bad. And it kind of made me feel kind of weird because I was like, yeah, we were good. And now they're not. And so that's not a good feeling when you feel that way about your team. But I think people are feeling, we'll, we'll feel that way. I think that's I, just the way I think. I don't know if that's wrong. It, it is. It is wrong. It's human nature. 
And because outside of outside right, that's of, the best way to say it. It's human nature. Outside of the families, the, the people, you know, the, the the fan base should want whoever the best player in there is. If you genuinely feel that it's from, then I get it. If you genuinely feel that it's Eason, then I get it. But you got to take the good with the bad. There was plenty of stuff that I mean, like. Jacob Eason played horrible against South Carolina last year. That was his worst game. I mean, he really played bad. <clears throat> he played poorly against the Gators. Okay. <clears throat> he, he did not play well in those two games. They won one of them and they lost one of them. What Fromm has not yet had to deal with, thankfully for him, is he's not had to deal with a loss. Because he would be getting shit on like crazy if they had lost this game this past week. He would have gotten shit on. Well, yeah, and that comes with the territory. That comes with the territory. He's not yet had to deal with that, thankfully for him. But he's played a million games. He's lost before. Any of us who have played sports uh, know what it's like to lose. Uh, I love the people who say to me, you've never played uh, at a high level. And I'm just like, okay, so and that means I'm wrong. Because I didn't play football at Georgia, that means I'm wrong? Or does it mean that you don't know what the hell you're talking about and you're trying to figure out a way to discredit me? Well, I guess that's, just, that's, we would just never talk about anything. No, we would just get uh, – well, I, I could get Matthew on the phone and Aaron on the phone and they could just sit there and talk. You know what the problem is? They don't talk about this stuff because they don't want to. They don't want to get in the middle of the fray. You know, that's not their job. This is our job. This is my job. And by the way, I have played relatively high level. Uh, I just wasn't very good. So, right. <laughs> so it happens. You know? I just I just happened to be born uh, or live in the northeast Georgia mountains and played single A ball. Uh, and I, it wouldn't have mattered if I would have been good. I, I, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. I wasn't very good either. But um, you know what happens, though, speaking of which, you know, when you get into practice, um when you get into these practices and you're going ones versus twos, and in some cases ones versus twos versus threes or twos versus three, you know, in basketball you could rotate kids in and out. You know who your guys are. I mean, like, you, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. Our, our point guard was not that great, but he was the point guard, and he was kind of a combo guy with our best player who was, you know, pro- arguably the best player in the conference. He should not have been playing with us. Hopefully, but, he's, a, hopefully he's a listener to the podcast. I doubt that very seriously, but yeah. You know, uh, but uh, you're you know who your best players are, and when you when when Dan got hurt, uh, it, it you know it it was difficult for a while there. I mean, he was probably out for two weeks or so, and uh, you don't you know in practice you're trying to get your you're trying to understand what in the world's going on. The way that he did things were slightly different than the way that Billy did. Um, there were there were different. Um, or Tony even who was in there. So there, sir, there are just different times and practices where you know inevitably who the guy is. Um, I think on the team they know inevitably who the guy is, but this just threw them a loop. And the person who they thought would come in and win games did do that. And I think he has to be given all due credit for that. You know, do they win that game at Notre Dame without Jacob Fromm, Jake Fromm with Jacob Eason? I mean, I think so. But we can't ever know that. We do know that they want it with Fromm, period. And so, man, I, I, I just think it's kind of a. It's just a. It's not stupid. It's it's what we do. It's what message boards are for. It's what social media has become, I guess. But it, it's just the nature of the beast. 
But at the end of the day, Kirby ain't going to make the position pick based on who's the most popular player. Right. Well, this is, this is a perpetual conversation and feeling. It's, it's gone from, you know, obviously David Green and DJ um, right. moved on to, uh, you know, I guess you could Stafford and Joe kind of switched around with Joe T. Um, you know, Stafford, yeah, Stafford really only had one full year of not being too concerned. And then even, you know, it was pretty lined up with Joe getting his year after Matt leaves. But then he still got to hear about Met and Murray. And that was a rager that went through spring. And people can act like that was sort of clear cut and dry because one guy sort of partied his way out and the other guy won the job. But there were a lot of people that spring that were still talking about Met as being kind of maybe the favorite to win that job, if you remember. It was, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was relatively tight. And then, but you know, it's just sort of it's it's just that's what it is. Uh, the new guy coming in is always sort of the most popular and the other guys already had some flaws exposed and some losses to be mad about. So as, as great, as great as Aaron was, Zach had more, um, upside. Well, one of those guys, you know, started in the NFL. Right. Right. So that's why I enjoy it. Actually, I'm, I'm acting like I'm like over this conversation and tired about it, but it is. It is an it's pretty enjoyable the way the conversation can go. I mean, so you can take that upside route, you can you can say that, or you can take the most wins route. You can take the you can take uh, David Green over Matt Stafford and and win an argument if you want, or you can take Matt Stafford over you know David Green and win an argument if you want. You can be the guy that likes the most victories in the SEC or the guy. That yes, likes but if but but again now the highest paid player in NFL history. Don't, don't you? I mean, what what happens if Matthews playing on that 2002 team? Exactly. If he's got what that happens, defense. What happens if Greeny is on the uh, 06 team? You know, right? They're different. So David's a winner. I think he was Player of the Year for the league mm-hmm. in 02. He made a lot of plays, but uh, there's no question who the better quarterback was. And um, I just – I think this isn't like 15. I think Mark was too distant. He was making the wrong decisions. They Maybe. should have gotten Ramsey in there. I mean, they just made mistakes. Uh, Grayson Lambert was not performing at times. This is nothing like that. I mean, whoever starts Fatone Bauta, that was insane. There's no insanity coming into this, it doesn't seem like to me. Now, if you start, I'll, I'll let the audience know when I think it's getting a little bit crazy. I mean, the whole time in 15, I was screaming and yelling, there's something going on wrong here. Well, we could and, have, and, we, you know, we should really push And this. I was right. I was right. We should have this conversation during Missouri, after the Missouri game or something, because, I mean, we could fill up a lot of time about that, because there's a lot of interesting things going on. There's a lot of things that I know now, in hindsight, that I really wish I had known in the moment, and I kind of... Kind of, you know, like you said, you were screaming the whole time. We kind of knew things in the moment, but we didn't quite know. Like, we knew it like 80% some of the details and some of the things that were happening on a weekly basis, but we didn't know 100%. A lot of those things kind of come out after they were fired and people started to be a little bit more open about how much dysfunction was really going on. Oh, that was bad. But listen, man. That was bad. I was not, I don't, I, I'm still a, very opposed to weddings. In the fall, I think that it's. I thought you were just opposed to weddings. Well, that's true too. So yeah, so yeah, that funnels down from my yeah, just opposed to weddings to begin with. But 
I got to say, it was a really interesting way to consume a game. So I had obviously spent Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So it was a lot of a lot of consumption of caffeine and alcohol for me. Um, so you you hitting up that four locos? Um, if I would have whatever you had, I would have had it. Um, but coffee and certainly a lot of beer. Um, and so it was a fun wedding in that regard. But it was an interesting way to watch a game because I could see the game before the wedding, uh, but I couldn't hear it. And there were also like fifty people around me. And so it was just really interesting to not be able to hear what the announcers are saying, which is one way that I've grown accustomed to watching football, or to be in the press box watching it live. I was watching it on a porch, and um, it got up to be 24 to nothing. But as, as I was walking down the aisle as the wedding got started, I actually heard somebody. What well, It was 24 to nothing at halftime. And then what did the score get it to be? Like 30? I, I guess it went remember. to 30. I heard somebody yeah. in an aisle say, it's 30-something to nothing, and they gave the time of the third quarter how much was left as I'm walking down the aisle. And I was just thinking, like, damn, I cannot believe how bad Tennessee is and how, even... and how good Georgia's defense is. That's what I said to myself as I was getting my place at the, up at the front. I didn't, I, didn't have to, I didn't know Jake Fromm's completion percentage. I didn't know – um, who had forced turnovers. I didn't know if Nick Chubb had run all over the place. All I knew was the score, really. And I just said to myself, man, Tennessee's going to have to fire Butch Jones, and I bet Roquan Smith has killed somebody. That's, wh- that's what I thought. That's all I thought, because I didn't know the details. But I knew, the, I knew the, the feeling I had, and I could see the people out. It was, it was pretty cool, actually. Still not happy about it, but I'm not mad about it either. Well, I'll tell you, I didn't even go out in the third quarter because I thought there was no point. Um, I went out about six minutes to go in the third, and uh, they're they're just you know uh, Tennessee. I I I, I think, believe I said on this podcast. I know I said in other places. It would surprise me if Tennessee's offense scored ten points or more um, on the dogs, and uh, they did not. Um, of course, I, I have not watched Vanderbilt as much as I've watched Tennessee. Obviously, will not watch Tennessee so much moving forward. But um, I'm. These next three games, uh, Vandy, the Gators, and Mizzou, if they score over um, 17 points, if the offenses of the other team scores over 17 points on the first string defense of this team, and in the next three three games, I'll be surprised. I'll be surprised, Fletcher, because this defense, and they get Trent back. Man, that looked bad. Now, let me tell you how reporting works. A lot of people will listen to this. Saturday night, and I, I – Saturday night, we were told, hey, it looks like an ACL for Trent. He's probably done for the year. That's what they think. That's what Georgia thinks. So, you know, of course, our car ride on the way back is going, well, damn, you know, they lost Trent now. That's that's really bad. And then the reaction in the car was, well, he wasn't out there half the game, and Tennessee couldn't do anything. And I'm going, you got to have Trent Thompson on this team. You can't just start giving players away. Um, right. And – they that that's gonna really matter in November that Trent has an MCL and it's not a major injury. Uh, so the first time in, in in three trips to Knoxville that George has avoided a major injury. With all that said, I was not surprised the way George's defense shut him down. I'm not gonna be surprised. This these two do appear on a collision course, Georgia and Bama. 
they do appear on a collision course for the conference championship game. Alabama's ending of the season is going to be challenging for them. They should win both those games. They should beat Auburn. They should beat Georgia. But back-to-back like that, that's going to be tough. And then you don't know who they'd get, who the four would be in the playoff if they're undefeated. This Georgia team has not yet hit its potential on offense, period. If they do that by either sticking with Fromm, who increases his productivity, or you put Easton in there and you get some mistakes, but you also get more high-level plays. Well, you just can't get away from this quarterback talk, can you? If you do that, you're you're a legitimate threat to win the league and therefore the national championship. This that's how important this decision is. Who whatever happens at quarterback will dictate what happens moving forward here for this team. This team can win the national championship. I didn't think they could about three weeks ago, but I'm 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 convinced that they can. I don't know that they will. I don't think I don't think you should really. I mean, I, I guess Alabama is the favorite to win it. Yeah, you but guess. I'm, well, what I was going to say was I'm not sure that anyone's got like 50% odds to win it. I'll look that up as I say. Uh, I'm not sure that anyone in college football has dramatic odds in their favor that they that they should win the national championship. But, you know, I don't know. See, all I got are old odds. All I got are old odds. I'll keep looking at that. Well, what else happened at your wedding there, Fletcher? Well, it was satisfying. Obviously, I, I guess I read, I saw your post about Tennessee being, uh, is Tennessee a rival? Obviously, where I grew up on the Tennessee, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina corner there, um, it is a rivalry. And it was interesting that they played Rocky Top during the reception, which I found That's to be weird. very weird considering that everybody involved with that wedding had either gone to Georgia or liked Georgia. But there was a table of Tennessee fans, I was told. So I thought that that was um, – it was an interesting choice for people who like to gloat about well, these so things. You, so, like, so if my cousin who graduated from Tech – so you got to play, you know, the Tech fights? I mean, what is this? Well, no, I just think that um, – I just think it was a it was a mo- I, you know what honestly I think it was probably on the DJ's playlist and he had no idea uh, what had happened during the game it didn't seem like he was keeping up with the game and I think he just knew that maybe half of that wedding in the in the mountains up there would like Tennessee and the other half would like whoever and whatever but I thought it was interesting so yeah I'm just glad I'm still alive I I think that I'm 30 now you know that right. Well, I tell you what. I know. And I have always prided myself on I, I don't sleep a lot. I, I'm able to I'm, – I'm, I can bounce back the morning uh, after a lot of things. But, man, on Sunday, I was – I think I was severely dehydrated. I had not eaten all weekend for whatever reason. I had not slept. Um, and I, I think I was like, man, this is the first time I've really felt like I might not be able to hang anymore. It's kind of sad for me. And then Tom, yeah, you can't, you can't. And then Tom Petty died and there was mass shooting in Las Vegas. And yeah, yeah, so it's been a sad day on Monday and I'm over here just like mainlining Powerades and Gatorades and just trying to get back to a normal functioning brain level, but I had a good time. I think Alabama has something around a 38% chance to win the national championship, according to uh, Las Vegas. Uh, but it's, it's 
it's kind of tough to it's kind of tough to read some of these um yeah 190 so so the, even they don't have about half a chance so anybody can still this thing is still pretty open i think to anyone who doesn't have two losses uh alabama's at about 35 percent to win it um Ohio State is still pretty high up there too, as is SC, and uh, kind of both of those. I don't know. Um, LSU is falling off a cliff, as has Florida State. Huh, that's funny. What's your what's what's your uh, what's your favorite uh, what's your favorite part about Nashville? About Nashville? Yeah. I saw Tom Petty play there twice. That was my favorite part about Nashville. It's been—it's not a good day, I'm telling you. I'm really surprised, actually. I'm doing this podcast because I really—I found out Tom Petty died the second I called in for this. And that's what? 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 You're, what does that mean? I mean, I, I think he's probably in my top five. I, when you think about it, um, I don't know. It's just weird. I mean, I think Tom Petty has some songs that it's just iconic. The guy's an icon. He's good, man. He's not quite as good as some other folks for me. See, Just, I feel like a lot of people would say yeah. that. I get that. I'm not knocking it. But every time, like, I could like list, like, not, ten he's, songs. He's obviously, he's not better than the Beatles. That's for sure. Yeah, and I know. I don't, that's fine. But every I, I, he's probably got at least a dozen songs that I don't think you would change. You, I don't think you would change the radio if that song came on. And so while, you know, you might not necessarily bring him up in the first go-round of your, hey, who do you like to listen to, you know, you would well, never I, change the Well, I think the, the big thing, too, the big thing, too, with Tom Petty is one of, you, you can't forget the um, Traveling Wilburys. So he was in yeah. that, too. Um, I, I would say Won't Back Down is a good song, Free Fallin'. Uh, I'm not a giant, you don't know how it feels guy. Running Down a Dream is a great song. Uh, Refugee is a good song. I can't get Mary Jane's Last Dance out of my head. That's a good song. Learning to Fly is a great song. Uh, You're so bad. Maybe I like, not. I think that's an underrated song. <clears throat> uh, American Girl is a great song. Uh, and then Breakdown. Great uh, song. You know, you just okay. keep going. Even the losers don't do me like that. I mean, it's just down. Well, down, down, down. waiting. Waiting is the hardest part. It's great. a good song. Uh, don't do me like that. You got lucky, babe. That's a good song. Uh, but I, I would say after that, it kind of thins out, but look, here's the thing. And I can't remember, I can't remember who I was talking to about this, but <clears throat> excuse me after, I mean, anybody who's got 10 songs or even 12, they're huge. I mean, who has 10 songs? Seriously. Well, I saw Tom Petty in, um, May and he was better than when I saw him two years ago. I saw both those concerts, by the way, were with Wes Mullenberg, who's a dog post photographer. And uh, it was a really great times. And it's just such a great live performer. And to be 66 when I saw him and still just nailing it, uh, it just sucks to see somebody kind of get cut out that quick, you know, with cardiac arrest. And then you hear about it and then they're gone. So. What was the song? What was the one where. Um, what song was it that had. Was it facing the crowd that had the talking about the the rock star or who was that? Who was which song was that? Was that I, later? I don't know. You always take me down these obscure paths, Dean. 
Well, you're the one claiming Tom Petty. I mean, well, I'm just, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not saying I was like all deep in, into his deepest cuts, but um, yeah, it's just a weird day. He's a star, no question. And, and too, um, I really like it. He's unique. Obviously, he's from Gainesville, um, Florida. Uh, I would say he's kind of like maybe J.J. Frazier. You know, he, he might not have had the voice necessarily that you would have picked going into it, but he was unique. It was different. Maybe you would have said it wasn't good, but it was his own unique sound. Uh, he just sort of, he didn't really have time for talk about it, maybe what he wasn't. He just certainly just remained who he was, so... It's pretty nice. I was thinking. I was thinking. I just it just came to me here. Is it was into the great wide open. Which oh, is that's a, a great a, song. Yeah, that's an outstanding song. A very good video, uh, and so forth. But you know, for for me, you know, Tom Petty and I grew. I played guitar when I was a kid. But, I did not um, know that. Yeah, and all these years, I've known. You don't you, know, I you have don't known know you for voice. seven years. <laughs> I cannot believe that. Okay. You played the guitar at some I'm point in your life. I'm a man. I'm a man of many talents. Wow, that's surprising. I'm a man of many talents. You know who was in that video? Uh, was Johnny Depp, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. Yeah, I think uh, I played many Tom Petty songs. I stuck with Led Zeppelin. I had a couple of Traveling Wilburys songs. Uh, I will uh, say you are an elitist about quarterbacks and, and music. I guess you're like. Yeah, that Tom Petty, he was no Beatles. I was like, wasn't he? He wasn't the best band of all time. So, uh, but he had well, some I'm songs. Talking, we're talking about a discussion between two five-star quarterbacks here. We're not talking about. I mean, those that's considered really good. You can't be a six-star <laughs> unless, you, unless you're unless you're Don Geis, and, and only people who watch Thirty Rock would get that. Yeah, you got to uh, create your own recruiting service and get it rolling with the six stars. <laughs> I think yeah, I think we've I think we've uh, pushed through to a new level of prospect. Six star, the six star quarterback. Oh. If it's a Georgia quarterback, he's got to be from a he's got to be from the state, but he needs to be from maybe like a he's definitely got to be from South of Atlanta. The, 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 if if you ever had an Atlanta in. kid playing quarterback, yeah, David Green and Shock, those were the last two, I think, from Atlanta that started, if I'm not mistaken. Everybody else has not either not been from the state, Matthew, Joe, Aaron. Um, if you ever had anybody from Atlanta in today's world, that would be very interesting because part mm -hmm. of what's going on with Fromm is hometown stuff. All of middle Georgia. It's called Bulldog him, Country. Yeah, well, the whole state's bulldog country. I yeah, mean, but you know, we talked about Atlanta so much, and it, the word is always transient. So you can't. It is. You but, can't but, make, but make the You can't listen. make the excuse for Georgia when they lose a kid out of Atlanta and go, "Well, yeah, Atlanta's so you know diverse in its fan base." You can't, and then you can't turn around and say that it's all Georgia. And that's not what I said, mm. or that's not what I. That's not what I meant to say. What I was trying to say before your Muppet head cut me off was. Uh, you know, middle Georgia, Warner Robins, Macon, whatever, is no – I mean, there's not more Georgia people there in terms of the Kool-Aid. There's not – I mean, South Georgia has plenty of Georgia people, believe me. Uh, and uh, that may be the heart of Georgia, but there's plenty of Auburn people through there too in middle Georgia. Uh, there's some tech folks. Um, and, yeah, Atlanta's diluted. But I wouldn't say that middle Georgia is any more Georgia – 
than anywhere else. It's kind of like the whole um, who who was who used to say which 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 politician would say the real America. Right. I, I want to be like bitch. Where I grew up is definitely real America. Just because you don't you know just because you didn't like it doesn't mean it isn't real America. Suburban Atlanta is real America. I can assure you of that. Uh, I don't want to get into culture wars, but you know, real Georgia is as much, uh, honestly, it's South Atlanta, it's Augusta, it's Georgia, and shoot, sometimes it's East North Carolina. Hello, Ty Gurley and Zamir White. What about Young Harris? No, that's part of Tennessee or North Carolina, one of the two. Did you did you know did you know by the way did you know last thing here did you know that you can drink in a car in Tennessee in a moving car Oh really so you can't get like an so the you're talking about a passenger can't get an a yeah can't get I an open you, so a passenger a can't get an open container Correct that is insane Is it though Yes that is insane Well I mean if is, if the driver's not drinking Mhm you know, what's the difference between a Bud Light and a Cherry Coke in the back seat? Well, there's not one. So why is it insane? Because typically when someone is drinking in a car, it's the driver. But of course, that would mean also that the driver, of course, that makes sense because there's always a driver in a car. But um, there's nothing preventing the driver from drinking what's in the back seat. Hmm. Sounds like you're at a racetrack, boy. I think it might be time for us to get off this podcast. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I think that, uh, yeah, it's a weird day, man. Tom Petty died. Don't come around here no more. It's a good song. You thought that's how it was going to be whenever I left Dog Post, but you guys are still stuck with me. For now. All right, catch catch us next week on the Roundtable on Dog Post. Hello, iTunes.